You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hi there, and welcome to the Syrupcast. If you're tuning into the Syrupcast for the first time, it's a podcast by Mobile Syrup, Canada's largest independent tech site, in which we look back at the week that was in Canadian telecom and tech news. This is episode 162. We're recording it on Thursday, March 15th, 2018. Can't be a Syrupcast if I don't screw up the date, so <laughs> you've been warned. Uh, this week, I'm joined by Mobile Syrup senior editor, Rose Bahar. Hello, thank you for having me on this prestigious podcast. The most prestigious, one might say, when it comes to Canadian telecom and tech news. And don't you dare forget it. Uh, we also have Mobile Syrup senior, or excuse me, staff reporter, Samir Chavra. You almost, you? Got, you almost got a promotion. <laughs> I am, so not only did I almost get a promotion, uh, I'm just going to shout out Igor right now before the end of the show. That was, that was my title. I'm a staff reporter. This is true. This is true. I was tempted, you know, when I was writing this intro, I was like, you know, maybe I call him one time staff writer. Just to see what happens. Just to see just what to happens. See, just to see me once again be like, uh, actually, Igor. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm actually, that's what we'll be talking about today because uh, you two uh, have been busy covering the CRTC and all of its going on. Um, but first we wanted to touch on, there were two big stories in terms of the uh, CRTC. Uh, one I guess both were original reporting because you guys are CRTC masters. Um, the first one, though, is related to, um, as far as I understand it, they're looking at kind of viewership uh, related to like online streaming and stuff. Uh, so do you, would one of you like to set the scene? And then I have some questions for our, uh, I guess, from the perspective of someone who has not followed this. Uh, sure. So I can uh, I can jump in really quickly. So right now the CRTC is working on putting together its uh, program distribution report. Um, it's it's trying to figure out uh, precisely how much uh, streaming services uh, make in Canada, mm -hmm. their usage stats, how many people use them, um, how many subscribers, so on and so forth. So uh, phase one of this this whole this 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 process uh, concluded a little while ago. Phase two. Uh, picked up sometime in February, uh, and now we're kind of in phase 2.5, where in February, the CRTC sent out a series of what, what are called procedural letters, and in these letters, the CRTC requested any large media organization that operates in Canada, so Netflix, Apple, Spotify, uh, Spotify, Google. yeah, exactly, Google, the CBC, Chorus, Bell, uh, Rogers. Rogers Cable, Rogers Facebook. Media, Facebook as well, mm -hmm. to be like, hey, listen, guys, we are collecting this information. We'd like it very much if you could tell us um, how things are going in Canada. Now, what's interesting is that this is typically information that should be a matter of public record. Uh, usually the CRTC says, we'd like this information and we want Canadians to be able to access this information. This time, however, uh, the CRTC, and this is their language, bent the rules of procedure to allow these corporations to submit private information. So all of a sudden, um, Netflix is allowed to once again hide its viewership numbers in Canada. Once again, um, 
you know, Spotify doesn't have to say how many Canadians are using its service. Um, and in fact, even the financial information um, is is quiet, which is a bit of a strange twist. And this also means that the Canadian companies that are involved in this process, so Bell, Rogers, as well as the CBC, which of course is an active parliament and normally makes its information public anyway, um, because it needs to do that uh, in order to gain more funding and, and to, to you know let Canadians know about its budget, they don't have to disclose publicly uh, their numbers. Um, and of course, we'll get into that in a little bit too. So the CRTC's deadline for that, I believe, was March 2nd. Um, and of course, I will correct myself if that's not right, but I believe it was March 2nd. So the deadline has passed. And as of right now, the CRTC has collected information or maybe it didn't, we don't know, has collected information from these media companies <laughs> and has this information and is, and is hopefully pouring over it and figuring out how to move forward with its program distribution report. Right, and it, it should be noted that even uh, Netflix, Google, Facebook, those companies wouldn't have been required to give information to CRTC in any case. They don't have to. They're not governed by the Canadian government. They're not a right, Canadian right. company. So um, so there's been back and forth in terms of, uh, is it better for the CRTC to have that information potentially than to not, and, and secretly, than to not have it all, uh, have it at all? Um, but again, we actually, from the people that we reached out to for our story, uh, we found that many of the companies said that they were not necessarily filing or they wouldn't comment on it. But there was some indication that even privately, they weren't going to file. So let's, uh, before we go any further, uh, let's take a step back. Uh, and I think the important question to ask very simply is, why is the CRTC doing this? Firstly, why are they collecting this information? And then why do you think they kind of broke with um, tradition, as it were? Well, I mean, they were asked to collect this information by Heritage Minister Melanie Jolie when she revealed her Netflix plan, which you might remember as the big $500 million investment promised by Netflix for to, to invest in Canadian content, which was kind of controversial. Um, there, was, uh, there were critics saying that it was kind of, her plan was very light on regulation and policy and more about a deal made with a large company that wasn't really guaranteeing us anything specifically, mm-hmm. um, such as the fact that they, they're not guaranteeing that they'll have to to use extra actors or that they'll have to use the unions for people who work on sets and stuff like that that are Canadian. So there was, um, anyway, that was, that was that criticism, but she also requested that the CRTC create this report uh, about viewing and and the future of like digital media in Canada is that right? That's that's it in a yeah, nutshell, that, that, right? Yeah, that's it in a nutshell. Yeah. yeah, and I can jump in and tackle the second part of your question, which is um, why did the CRTC choose to bend the rules of procedure? Um, I'll be upfront. I don't actually know why. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine, and this course is a speculation, and uh, it's it's a common phrase in the office to mention what Samir is not. I'm not a lawyer. Um, I'm just a humble tech reporter. So I, I, I am going to speculate, though, that they did this precisely so that these companies that are privately held but publicly traded, uh, in, in, in some cases, you know, Apple, Google, and so forth, um, they, they did it so that these companies would feel comfortable disclosing this information because these are companies that in the past have 
not disclose this information. And of course, every single time that, well, most of the time when you as a reporter try to reach out to these companies, when you try to reach out to Netflix to say, how many subscribers are there in Canada? They respond with a uh, um, a pre-written statement, which is that Netflix doesn't comment on their mm-hmm. subscribers. When you ask about how many people are watching the latest season of Jessica Jones, um, Netflix will say, well, we don't comment on how many people are individually viewing uh, our particular shows. Um, and it, it's an interesting ta- uh, it's an interesting stance to take because, of course, uh, it's sort of like a privacy provision. Um, this is private user information, and Netflix you know, doesn't need to reveal this information. But then you start getting into situations where Netflix is planning on investing money in Canada, and all of a sudden, um, Canadians are being affected by Netflix's operations, and of course, Canadians are already affected by by global multinational streaming services, streaming giants, um, just based on uh, who gets to participate in the content creation uh, cycle, um, artists and, and content creators and so forth. So... Once these companies start operating in Canada and start affecting Canadians, it, it's not strange for Canadians to want to know what's taking place. It's not strange for us to want to know what we're paying into and potentially what we're losing by having them operate here. Right. And and so, but the thing is now, and I have to ask you this question because this is something that we were talking about in the office. Is it better to, is it better that the mm-hmm. CRTC have that information privately and that the public doesn't know what it is <laughs> or is it better that everybody stay in the dark together and if i could just quickly interject where do you two personally stand on that issue so as a follow-up before yeah. before we get into where rose and i stand on the issue um the story that we published yesterday uh, and yesterday being march 14th 2018 um did have two perspectives we had one perspective from open media uh, open media's representative katie anderson and we had another uh perspective from the forum for research and policy and communications um uh, we spoke with executive director monica hour uh katie anderson's perspective was uh, what, what rose is uh, touching on which is that while she's uncomfortable with this information being made entirely private, um, she's happy and glad that at least the CRTC, the federal government, is doing something about it. That uh, it's sort of like at least the government has this information, at least they're seeking, seeking this information. And it's better that a federal agency, better that government have this information rather than no one have this information at all. Monica Auer's perspective is counter to that, which is that Yes, it's a good thing the government is doing this. Yes, it's a good thing the government is heeding uh, the concerns of citizens. Um, but this is information that is of the public interest, that affects the public interest, that emerged really from the public interest, and to not have it publicly available is, in her words, and this is a quote, egregious. Um, as for where we stand on it, um, I, I will get into my rant in Let a second. Let it rip. Yeah. Actually, Rose, I was going to say, do you want to oh. provide your opinion first, and then I can, then I can just rant for five minutes sure yeah so i mean i (laughs) it's funny i think there's a lot of situations in which obviously the government has information that that citizens don't have um and that's something that we already deal with but transparency is important and in this case it will be awkward if the CRTC has information about data for Netflix for um, different platforms and they make decisions based on it and they say, well, you know, that was a decision based on all the information we have. Trust us. That was the right decision. Nobody else knows. So the advocates don't know whether it was the right decision. 
like the consumer, the public consumers, they don't know whether it was the right decision. Um, so I think it's opening up a can of worms that I think is fairly dangerous and um, is not a great sign for for Ian Scott, the new head of the CRTC. I, I think it shows that he will sort of follow this path of, of closed door secrecy as much as, poss- as he possibly can. He has made it clear that he doesn't want to be, uh, doesn't want the drama. He doesn't want to, to play out a lot of um, uh, CRTC drama in the public. So, I mean, my my position is probably a little less ardent than yours, Samir, because I know <laughs> what you're about to say. But but I do think that while it would be nice for the CRTC to have this information, um, it it opens up the door to uh, a lack of transparency that's kind of disturbing. Uh, if you can, just keep it. Oh, well, I'll keep concise. it brief. Because again, um, having, of course, ranted at and to Rose uh, over the past few days as we were working You've on the story. This rant. I published this rant. But okay. the, the, the truth is, it, it, it touches exactly on the, the last little bit of what Rose said. Um, and I, I should mention, I, I agree that it's important the CRTC have this, have this information. And I agree that it's, it's necessary for government to at least take a step or take steps to rectify and ameliorate concerns expressed by citizens. Um, but as Rose mentioned, it's a matter of transparency and it's a matter of accountability. Um, since time immemorial, we're going back to the beginning of time, there has been a conflict between private interests and public interests. And corporations, by definition, always walk this fine line because, of course, corporations are comprised of private interests, but they affect pu- the public, they affect the citizenry, they affect normal people. We have had to fight with almost every single industry. We've had to fight with the oil and gas industry. We've had to fight with the automotive industry. We've had to fight with... Tobacco. With Oh, my goodness. The <laughs> fight that we had to fight in the 50s, 60s, and 70s with big tobacco, mm-hmm. just to just reel them in and to say, hey, guys, could you please stop poisoning all of us with, with, you know, with your product? Yeah, so now we're fighting this exact same fight with the Internet, and we've, we're fighting it with these Internet corporations. Make no mistake, Google, Amazon, Apple... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Spotify, Netflix, they're not your friends. They provide a service that we now deem essential. They act as gatekeepers in some way to information, but they are not people who are acting in in the best, constant, 100% transparent interest of the public. They're privately held, publicly uh, traded corporations, and that's fine. I'm not rallying against capitalism. I am saying, however, that in the case of these corporations that take actions that consistently affect citizens, Canadian citizens, American citizens, global citizens of planet Earth, off my stepping stool for a second, (laughs) it's important to be able to access this information. Um, Competition is important. Competition is great. I think we all agree that competition makes us as a species better. It makes us as a community better. It makes us as a country better. But not being able to definitively say um, when Netflix does X, it has Y effect. 
that's troubling to me because we're seeing right now that Netflix's existence, Spotify's existence, Google Play Music's existence is having uh, an effect on Canadians. And without having these numbers, without having these facts and figures, I'm actually unable to take to this mic and say whether it's a net positive or net negative effect. And that's troubling. But that's so you're saying they should be sending these numbers in publicly yes which is almost you know it's part of it certainly would be ideal but it looks like in reality what we're looking at is um do we try to get something or do we do we just inevitably get nothing because that's what we're we're they're they're under no there's no reason for them to submit those numbers so that's like appealing to them of course but in terms of the crtc you, you still think this is a, a bad decision for them to make? I think it sets a precedent. And, I, and th- this is the thing, because of course we're, we're dealing with speculation and we're speculating and the only thing we really have to reference is the past. But in the past, we've seen that when citizens aren't able to interact with the corporations that exist in their lives, when brands um, overtake identity and individual identity, we're... We, we were troubled by this. And of course, Igor brought up tobacco. When the tobacco industry failed to release their numbers, when they refused to work with government and, and disclose how much money they were spending in terms of just pure lobbying, um, that had a net negative effect, of course. And that was easy to track because smoking cigarettes leads to cancer. But when we were still arguing that, when we were still trying to figure out if there was a direct link between tobacco consumption and cancer, Big Tobacco playing hardball with us was troubling. And now we're in a position where we have to say something like, I don't know if Google's presence in you know Sidewalk Labs in Toronto, if that's going to have a positive or negative effect on the regular residents of the city of Toronto. Not being able to say that, that's problematic. So again, I, I go back to saying I'm glad that the government is taking action. I'm always glad when government takes action that is representative of the needs, wishes, and wills of the people. But when government seems to be taking action in a consistent manner that 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 overrules transparency, that prevents accountability, um, that's troubling for me because I, I I understand that we we have a representative government. I understand that I, as a citizen of this country, I'm not allowed to actually cast a vote in Parliament, but I elected someone to cast a vote for me. The MP who I voted for, the MPP in Ontario who I voted for, is supposed to serve as uh, as as a representative of my representation. They're supposed to provide me with representation. And all of a sudden, the government that I elected, and of course, um, we don't we didn't elect the chairperson of the CRTC. We know how we know how, the, we know how government works. works right? yeah. The point is the point is I didn't cast a vote for Netflix. I didn't cast a vote for Google. I cast a vote for my, for my representatives. And I hope that my representatives listen to me and say, we want transparency. We need to make this process transparent. So and I will also say is like, how do we then judge whatever decision the CRTC comes to without knowing what the data is that they looked at? And, you know, we need to be able to judge that data on our own, by our, on our own terms. Um, so just quickly to wrap this conversation up and jump into our second one is where, where do we go from here with this? What's the next, what are the next steps that the CRTC is going to take? Well, uh, shortly it will actually come out with its report. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, that, uh, there may not actually be much information that they've actually got from these platforms, mm-hmm. um, but what little or whatever they did, and they did get stuff from the Canadian companies at the very least, um, that will 
they will have used that to, to create their report. Uh, again, I guess it's sort of starting off on the wrong foot in the sense that, you know, we, we don't know that information ourselves publicly. So, you know, we'll just take their word for it. And um, that, that report will then be used to craft future policy. Mm-hmm. So it is quite important, um, even just in itself, not just as, as something that sets the tone for future decisions that Ian Scott makes. Even just this report will be quite influential in the future. So the CRTC wasn't in the news just for uh, this little brief episode. Uh, they also potentially could be making a decision. Well, I should say not so much the CRTC as in Rogers. Uh, they had a listing on their website looking for someone with M- NVO expertise. Do you just want to quickly tell That's us right. about that so we have an update going into, I assume, because uh, this decision could be reached as soon as yeah. the end of the month? Yep. The major, the decision is coming out before March 31st. That's their deadline. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, it's pretty exciting. It's Mm -hmm. pretty major because what it could do is open up a wireless reselling market in Canada Mm -hmm. that would make what we have, our, our wireless industry, more like the U.S. or more like Europe in terms of having more super low cost budget plans out there. Uh, Because what it would do is it would take the emphasis off of uh, to become a wireless player, you have to have infrastructure and Mm. put it onto you don't need infrastructure. You can just purchase it. You can just lease it from the people who do have infrastructure for commercially uh, reasonable rates. Mm -hmm. So a lot more players could get into the market. This is the competition thing where we always talk about competition on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And how do you spark and how do you do it? Well, this would majorly spark competition, at least at the low end of the market, mm-hmm. because players say like uh, tech savvy, uh, who already does internet reselling, uh, broadband internet, could then come in and say, okay, well, we want to sell wireless as well, offer plans that are like $20 and you know, perhaps are, don't give you, you know, the best service or all the frills that you might get from a Bell Rogers Telus plan but give you an essential, you know, the basic service that will be so useful for Canadians who get the rights can't afford it at mm. all. And that was, that was always the intention of the Minister of Innovation, Science and Economic Development, Navdeep Baines. He referred uh, CRTC to reconsider this decision that they had made about letting um, MVNOs use roaming when they're off of Wi-Fi based networks because he thought there just wasn't enough options for Canadians who really couldn't afford the plans that we have right now. Anything to add to that? Uh, honestly, no. I mean, this is this is a subject that I, I, I should be more familiar with, but it, if, if the CRTC rules in favor of Wi-Fi first MVNOs, that's a good thing. And if they don't, well, that's just another fight we're going to have to fight, I guess. So it seems the Rogers listing yes. points towards them. Yes, yeah. that's that's the second part of it, is that we're now trying to read the tea leaves right before this actual the decision actually comes out mm-hmm. and what we saw uh, what we got a glimpse of was this job posting from Rogers that said they wanted somebody to look into the pending MVNO mandate so that wording is really strong right mm-hmm. it's not just this decision it's the pending mandate mm-hmm. so you know it seems like they think this is going to happen and we're, we're going to have to look into it. And they're, they're sort of staffing up. That's not what they said to us. They said, oh, it's an existing position. But, you know, yeah. of course they would say that. Um, and then also, of course, we've seen Bell 
their prepaid band, a brand, Lucky Mobile, has recently announced that they're going to offer a Wi-Fi-based service as well. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of another strong indication that they want to slot that into this new Wi-Fi first market that, if it happens, will be quite popular at first, you, one can only assume. Mm-hmm. So um, those are two things that we've seen. And we also, we also looked at uh, the fact that TELUS's prepaid band, Public Mobile, has been continuously shifting people towards kudo Mm -hmm. their postpaid service uh perhaps also an indication that they're preparing for a strategy change with public Mm -hmm. so a couple different things there so let's get to the shout outs um okay so my shout out is to qualcomm who managed to stay the course and not get taken over by broadcom but only because the very last possible moment president trump came in and said excuse me, no, no um, a country from Asia will be involved in a purchase that is taking over an American tech company because quite obviously he's, had, he's done a lot of these things recently, blocked acquisitions and takeovers from companies that are from Asian companies or Asian countries and, uh, and kept, tried to keep as much 5G technology and technology within the States as possible. Mm-hmm. So that's what they had to resort to because otherwise Broadcom Broadcom was was uh it was gonna Qual- take Qualcomm over. wanted that money. Those stockholders wanted the that stockholders money. Stockholders wanted they were that thirsty. money. And they were about to, to yeah. vote the uh the Broadcom board of directors yeah. right into there. Yeah. So it was about to happen. Almost happened. You heard it here first. President Trump, greatest president ever. Oh, Samir? my God. Oh, my goodness. Wow. <laughs> Didn't How... want to come to that <laughs> conclusion. <laughs> not quite sure that's the... No, no. No, it's not uh, the takeaway. My shout out goes to the town of Innisfil, Ontario, that is preparing to enter its second stage of its pilot project with Uber. Uh, back in May 2017, they launched a pilot project where rather than building two bus lines um, and, and potentially raising costs about $8 million, they partnered with Uber to establish a flat fee for uh, six or seven. Uh, is uh, I think it was about eight or okay, flat fee destination. A number. A number exactly. Greater a than number. zero. A number greater than zero. I think less than a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> um, this so, is how specific we get on the mobile syrup syrup cast. And just mobile syrup in general. <laughs> no, no, no. For more specifics, please visit mobile syrup. Okay, that's not bad. Um, so either way, they're entering their second stage. Uh, things seem to be going well. Congratulations on the success of stage one, and good luck on stage two, Innisville. So, my colleagues here were like, "Oh, you guys going to shout out a book?" And I was about to, but then I thought of a better <laughs> shout out. So my shout out goes to. Mr. John Chen for getting paid. How much <laughs> is he getting paid, Samir? Oh, okay. So uh, if things, if, if if his stocks were sold right now today, he'd be getting paid about 169, maybe 170 million dollars Canadian. So that's what we call failing upwards. And on that note, thank you for listening to the Mobile Syrup podcast. If you have a question or comment for Mobile Syrup, you can uh, send one. Excuse me, you can send one to us at Mobile Syrup, or excuse me, podcast at mobilesyrup.com. I don't know where I'm going today. Feeling upwards, I guess, in the spirit of John Chen. Um, where can people find you too? They can find me at Rose Bahar on Twitter and also just on Mobile Syrup. I'm, I'm there. You can, you can find me there. Never heard of this A couple articles. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Samir Chabra 94 on Twitter or, of course, at MobileSyrup.com. 
I'm at Igor Bonifacic. And also a uh, shout out to our friends at Startwell. They gave us this beautiful recording space where you'll, once you listen to this podcast, you'll never be able to go back. This is true luxury. True Everything luxury. is gold plated in here. Yes. But not like gauche gold plated? Yeah. No, like classy gold plated. Classy. Um, you can find Mobile Syrup at Mobile Syrup, whether it's on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Uh, until next week, thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you on the other side. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.